a weekend. What a what, excuse me. What a Monday. Okay, I'm just gonna start here right off the bat because I've been battling hiccups all day long. I'm currently in my uh, sixth little uh, spout with hiccups today. I have no idea why. I don't know if it's because I ate my cheat meal this morning that I give myself in the week. Uh, but the point of the matter is I've been battling hiccups all day. Uh, I have them currently for the sixth time today. It's actually kind of funny. So I, so the moral of that story is I'd like to apologize in advance to our viewers and our podcast listeners. First of all, hello. I appreciate you guys so much. I hope you had a great weekend. Uh, but I just wanted to apologize in advance. We got our first three viewers. Hope you guys are doing well. Good to see everybody come in. Uh, and as I was just saying, I'd like to apologize to you guys and our podcast listeners in advance uh, here on ACC Tailgate on Chris Landry Football. I've been battling hiccups all day. Uh, I currently have them. I've only hiccuped once so far in this show, but uh, I still feel it right there in my chest. Uh, and it's actually kind of funny because I was talking to my mom not even a half hour ago before the show. And I was literally, I didn't have hiccups at the time. I was telling her, I'm like, man, I've had hiccups all day. And literally, just talking about it, I go, Rah! and I start having hiccups again, just from talking about it. So that's fun. Uh, and then, if that wasn't enough, you know, trying to do a show with hiccups, which I've never done before, by the way. Good thing I don't have an actual public speech to give, because that would be fun. Uh, my ring light burned out I, that I use for the lighting on the show. It burned out. So we're off to a great start today, but I'm so happy because days like today, when you're a content creator, you know, when you've got a show, when you've got a podcast, when you create content around something, days like today are a godsend. There's so much fun, uh, because, there is so much to talk about. There's so many different directions I could go in. We've got ACC football. We've got ACC basketball. The new, the first official AP Top 25 poll came out today. We're going to get into that uh, here shortly. So many interesting ACC football games to get into. Obviously, Notre Dame topped Clemson in a double overtime thriller. That, that was incredible on both sides of the ball. And then everybody stormed the field and then... Everybody got upset, and then everybody got upset that people were getting upset because they stormed the field, so that was a whole thing. Uh, Virginia Tech is in some deep you-know-what uh, with not a very fun uh, road ahead as far as matchups are concerned. Uh, Carolina stomped all over Duke, which makes me incredibly happy. Uh, you know, not to gloat or anything, but you know, you can eat it, Duke fans. Um, which, by the way, and I mentioned this on Friday show, I I didn't care. Like I I actually, did, other than I was a Carolina fan, I did not find that to be a very interesting game because Duke is trash this year. And in the words of the great Tywin Lannister on Game of Thrones, the lion does not concern himself with the opinions of a sheep, and we just don't. So. Uh, Spartan Baron or Spartan, not Baron, Spartan Barton with our first comment of the day, return of the Mac. Uh, that's right. Return of the Mac. Now, um, I will say this. I'm going to get into this when I actually talk about the game. Um, not so much the game, but more so something about Carolina. That's kind of doesn't have me concerned. Um, but it is something that, I wonder about because I'm not denying that Carolina's good. I did finally admit that they were overrated. And once I actually kind of got a, in, in prepping for this segment that I'm going to do about them, uh, I, uh, I had a deep, a closer look at their schedule and, you know, the teams that they've played and, uh, that even more confirms to me that, yes, Carolina was overrated a few weeks ago when they were all the way up to number five, and then they choked against FSU. They choked against UVA. Uh, 
And it just further kind of confirmed, like, yeah, they've played really, and that's kind of the moral of what I'm going to get into about them today is it's like they've played very well, specifically on offense. In fact, defensively is what they kind of struggle with a little bit this year, uh, that they didn't struggle as much with last year. But, you know, is the question is, is Carolina's offense really that good? Like, I'm not denying that they're good because I know who's running it. You know, Mac Brown, uh, Sam Howell, that incredible uh, running game that they've put together this year. I'm not denying that they're good. I'm asking, are they as good as they look, though? Because what have they actually gone up against? And so that's what we're going to get into today a little bit in depth and put the magnifying glass on that. Um, so we're going to do that. Uh, I might talk about how the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys getting to some NFL, uh, absolutely exhaust me. Uh, and I'll explain why when I get to that, uh, Tom Brady got his rear end stomped last night by Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. That was fun to watch because quite frankly, I'm not denying I like to see Tom Brady lose for some reason, especially to Drew Brees. That you know, that was one Super Bowl. And obviously we're never gonna get it get it now, now that not only are Drew Brees and Tom Brady in the same uh they're both in the NFC, now they're in the same division in the NFC South. So we're as long as that's the case, which Drew Brees is probably retiring after this year, I would assume, and taking a broadcasting job somewhere. It might be NBC, I don't know. Um, but as long as that's the case, they're never going to meet in the Super Bowl. And back when Tom was with the Patriots, that's, uh, that's a game that I always wanted to get was, or a Super Bowl game I always wanted to get was Drew Brees going up against Tom Brady, because those are two people that, you know, you don't get as much goat conversation around Drew Brees, uh, I think he's actually a little bit undervalued and a little bit underrated when it comes to those conversations. I think Drew Brees is way more than what he's been given credit-wise, I think. So I always kind of wanted to see them go up against each other in the Super Bowl. That's why it was even better last night when that was the matchup for that absolute disaster for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, I know Tom Brady's the GOAT. I'm not disputing that. I just think that he gets a little bit too defended by the media. That's all. It's like, now, you cannot defend how he played last night. You just can't do it. It's not possible. But there are those in the media. I'm not going to name any names. Uh, he's just, it's like, he is so defended. Yes, Spartan Barton, absolutely. The GOAT was embarrassed. That is correct. And that uh that that's always fun to see, you know. I mean it's just because he, again, he's so defended. It's like I actually did a segment on this show uh a while back. Could you imagine if LeBron was as defended as Tom Brady is? Could you imagine a world that looked like that? Uh, it ain't the case, but uh you know, one can dream. So anyway, that was fun to watch. I always enjoy watching Tom Brady. I know I'm like bashing on Tom Brady a little bit right now. Like, I, I love the dude as a human being. By the way, let's just like I, I again, I just think he's a little. I think he's the goat, and I think he's an incredible human being. But I think he's a little bit too much put on a pedestal, and I cannot wait. I will wrap this up with saying, yeah, I cannot wait to watch Patrick Mahomes shatter that whole goat conversation over the next decade because he's going to because he's actually an athletic talent at quarterback tom brady is not athletic he's smart as he's he's smart as crap football iq wise he's you know up with lebron you know with lebron's basketball iq in that conversation but you know try to rush with Tom Brady and Madden. Go ahead. Tell me how that works out. I got a, I got a little hint for you. It ain't going to go too well, and you're going to get frustrated, and you're probably going to throw the controller, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Not talking from experience at all. Uh, other good things to talk about. It has nothing to do with, you know, uh, 
It has nothing to do with our show and the ACC, but it is headlines today is that, you know, it sounds like we're that much closer to having a coronavirus vaccine. So that's exciting and fun to think about, uh, you know, life after all this kind of passes by. It's always fun to think about. So the moral of the story is I might have the hiccups and I don't think I have it anymore because I haven't hiccuped once and since the first 30 seconds of the show before everybody joined in. So that's nice. And my ring light might have burnt out. But we got a lot to get into today. So, um, yeah, so we're going to start here. So there's some new polls out, uh, obviously, for football, because that's the case every Monday. Uh, I think the polls actually come out on Sundays usually. So it's lucky for us that we're on Mondays that we have that all ready to go. Um, so there are three teams from the ACC represented in the top 25. I believe we got all the way up to six uh, this year, which was I'm pretty sure was a record for the ACC. They'd never, I don't think they'd ever had four, or maybe that was in the top five. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But um, so you got Notre Dame obviously moving up to number two. They were number four uh, last week, and were number four the week before that. Everybody actually stayed put last week from the week prior. It was Clemson one. Notre Dame four, and then Miami was 11. This week, you got Notre Dame at two, Clemson at four, and then Miami at nine. Um, you know, I wish I could see Carolina back in that list, and maybe it'll happen. Uh, and, you know, as uh, – let's see. I, uh, let's see, Spartan Barton got a comment. I cannot show the whole show the whole poll because I don't have it. Uh, I just got in the ACC teams, but uh, Alabama is back to number one on that list at the top. And I will say this, since we're kind of on the subject, um, one thing I did talk about on Friday's show is that, and we're going to get into this game a little more later. The winner of that Notre Dame Clemson, like there was a lot of playoff aspirations on the line in that one um now maybe both teams regardless of what happened obviously if you didn't watch it which i don't know what you're doing watching the show if you didn't watch that ball game but um obviously notre dame won double overtime i i think and again maybe both teams will be in the playoff when it's all said and done maybe it won't matter but i did say this and I actually made a few predictions about that game that I'll address when we get there. Um, I felt, and I mean, even there were polls done that kind of said the same thing. I felt that the loser of that game would potentially not get in the college football playoff. Um mainly because both Clemson and Notre Dame have really weak schedules the whole way. They obviously both had weak schedules leading up to that game. Um, and it doesn't get much better from here. Uh, I don't remember who all uh, was on their schedules. I had it on Friday's show just because I had wrote it down, but I don't remember off the top of my head, but it wasn't great. So that game really for both teams, that was that was it. That was the highlight. That was the big stage until obviously playoff time that was that and and I felt that if Notre Dame lost they for sure would not make the playoff I did say that uh and if Clemson I did make a prediction about Clemson and it and actually it's funny how it worked out this way because Clemson's now ranked number four is that if Clemson would have lost and they did that they would either not make the playoff at all, which sounds blasphemous to say because it's Clemson, but we, if there's one thing we know again, and I feel I harp on it and I harp on it and I harp on it on this show because they harp on it, the committee for the college football playoff, they're so nitpicky that your resume matters, who you play matters, who did you lose to, why did you lose to them, how much did you lose to them by, like, it all matters. Um which will be interesting how they factor in the fact that Trevor, which it did not matter because Ugalele, and I know I'm butchering this guy's name, which is as good as I got right now. I'll get the hang of it. But Ugalele's the next guy. Like we've talked about this the last few shows. Like Clemson's got their next guy in Ugalele, um, which who he he played incredible. Like like book for Notre Dame was incredible, but 
Ugalele, I mean, just was that much better. It was in like the 400-some yards total. Obviously, Derek King from Miami was the show of the ACC this weekend uh, in that matchup against NC State, where NC State yet again had a shot to – which actually, regardless, they played well. Uh, they, you know, they had a shot to surprise definitely me. Uh, and then obviously other people as well, because, you know, once, and I'm getting off subject here. I know I tend to do that because once uh, De- Devin Leary was out, like we, we know this, like NC state's done. Like they ain't going anywhere. No, nowhere important. Not this year, unfortunately, because by the time Leary gets back, if he comes back this season, now they were saying four to eight weeks. I don't know where uh, he's at uh, in that process now currently um maybe he's close to coming back maybe he won't come back at all but the point being that even when he comes back i mean if he came back next week it's too it's probably too late i would say like nc state had to beat miami if they wanted a shot of doing anything um but you know i don't i just i think it's gonna be too late for uh nc state but yeah, so Clemson's ranked number four, and I felt that if they lost that game, that they would go, they would either not make the playoff at all, or uh, they would get in, but they would be the last spot at number four. Which it's just, it's actually kind of ironic that that's what they are ranked now. Um, but um, so let's see, where do I want to go from here? I don't want to get into basketball just yet. We'll kind of get into that a little later on. Oh, by the way. Uh, talking a little bit about that NC State Miami game, uh, real quick. I, I mean that what a shootout. I mean what a shootout that was. We it was actually kind of interesting because we do our show here on Mondays and Fridays at seven PM, and that was the first time we actually had a ball game going on, you know, during our show. So that was fun. But um, one of the things that I had written down about that show just because it was kind of or, or about that game because it was kind of funny was the coach of NC State Dave Doran who by the way you know he's done a great job that was he was a guy that I was concerned about potentially losing his job if NC State did not get it together this year now obviously the fact that they got it together. I mean, they went on a three, four, I think, three game win streak, I think it was, until Leary got hurt. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, you know, ironically enough, the very first game that they played against Carolina, ironically enough, that they were ranked in the top 25 for the first time in a couple years, they lost their starting quarterback, and, you know, that appeared to be that. Uh Hawkman, who played Hawkman, actually played very well uh, against Miami. But it was it was kind of funny though because but you know Dave Doran, I I was worried. I was glad he got another shot. You know, I was curious after you know they kind of imploded last year, really all year. Uh, I was curious to see if he got one more shot. He did. He you know salvaged the season, and then just as they got something going, they lose their starting quarterback. So he should be fine as far as job security is concerned. 44 to 41, that final was Miami winning at NC State. But what I thought was funny is, um, you know, I was talking about De'Eric King and just a minute ago, Dave Doran, he said in his press conference after the game, he said that he wanted to try and make De'Eric King throw the ball and pass. Well, uh, he passed because he threw for 430 passing yards, five touchdowns, and an additional 105 rushing yards, which all equals out to a total of 535 total yards of offense from De'Eric King. So be careful what you wish for, Dave Doran, because you might end up getting it. So that's that's really all I had on that. I just thought it was kind of funny that they you know, we want him to pass. All right. He'll pass. Uh so yeah, that was that was um let's see. 
Got some comments. I, I'm trying my best. I want to get all the I get, you know, I get going on a segment and you know, I, I like to keep the momentum going, but I do again. That's something I mentioned in the first show period that we've done we did uh was that I wanted to make sure to make this a community and comments are the oxygen. Comments is how I learn about you guys. Comments is how I uh figure out what you guys like and what you don't like. Uh, so I'm trying to get as many uh, comments in here as I can. It's multitasking. Uh, Spartan Barton King has been electrifying to watch. He incredible to watch. Absolutely incredible. He also go goes on to ask. Um, now I'm definitely putting this one on here. We're going to have some fun here. He, he says, you don't have to get to all my comments. I know, but I'm going to do my best to just because it's fun and I like interacting with you guys. Really appreciate you interacting with me on this show. Spartan Barton. It's a fun name to say. It's a little bit of a tongue twister. But, um, yeah. So, uh, yes, I agree with you. King has been incredible to watch. Um, let's see. Where do I want to go next? The, again, this is what I was talking about. There's so many things to talk about. Um, I will go here very quickly. Um, I don't have a lot to say about it just because I didn't do a lot of digging. Like I didn't, I didn't really do a lot of research on this mainly because I was focused on other things. I didn't have a chance to. And so I'm not going to BS a segment and say, Oh, I looked up all the, the, you know, I'm not going to, I'm just, I'm not that type of character. I'm not going to do that. Um, but Pat Narduzzi, the coach of Pitt, said something about Notre Dame and obviously it's actually interesting. I actually didn't, you know, I've been an ACC fan all my life. I've li I live here, you know, in Hyde Point, which is right next door to Greensboro, the headquarters for the ACC. So I'm, I've lived in ACC country my entire life. I interned uh, last year at an ACC radio show. Um, I've, I've been in this my whole life. And I did not realize until the past six months that, no, I I always thought that Notre Dame was an actual part of the ACC. I didn't realize that they were independent. Uh, they just happened to play the ACC schedule. I didn't know that, um, which obviously made things interesting and potentially a little uh, rocky as far as scheduling this season because obviously you know because of COVID, you know the ACC didn't do division play. Um, and so obviously the scheduling was different, which obviously frustrated me because I really wanted to see Carolina go up against Clemson. I'm not going to see that unless they go up against each other in the ACC title game. Um, but um, yeah, so Pat Narduzzi said something, and I don't even think I have the quote here for verbatim, but he essentially said something to the effect of, you know, they that they shouldn't – they shouldn't be given Notre Dame games because they're not actually legitimately in the conference. Um, you know, basically complaining about Notre Dame. And to that, I would say this, and it's kind of a simple basic principle of life in general. Hey, Pat, I have a funny feeling that if Notre Dame wasn't undefeated, and the timing of this quote is a little ironic considering their days removed from upsetting Clemson, the number one team in the country. Uh, and then now, obviously, Clemson, or excuse me, Notre Dame has moved up in the rankings. I find it odd, and I, I find it odd, and I would question that you probably wouldn't have an issue with Notre Dame right now if they weren't kicking all of your rear ends. And in fact, Pitt was one of the teams that they got their rear end absolutely destroyed by Notre Dame. Now, granted, they didn't have their starting quarterback that game, Pickett, who had a really good weekend, by the way. But I got a funny feeling, and it's actually interesting, which is why I wanted to go here, because I actually had something for me personally that I was doing this past weekend uh, come up that kind of relates to this concept of I got a funny feeling you wouldn't be complaining if they weren't kicking your ass. If they, you know, weren't very good or you already beat them and it didn't matter, you probably wouldn't say a word. So, because and the way it relates to me, and I'll make this brief because we got a lot to get to. Um, so I work part-time for Perfect Game. 
they're a amateur baseball scouting service, um, and they put on tournaments, they put on showcases, uh, and so I work part-time and I work tournaments with them on some weekends. And this past weekend I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, working a tournament. And there was a team, you know, you know, those coaches that complain about everything this, and I actually didn't know this, but I was told that this guy had been running his mouth to umpires and other people and officials for perfect game all weekend. And in fact, he actually had to sit out the first game of the tournament yesterday because of that. Um, but a, a team that they were playing, apparently they had some type of illegal substitution that I had no idea about and nobody else knew anything about except him. And so he basically immediately wanted to put the game under protest. I, I'm talking like mid-game when he should be down on the field coaching. He's running up to me up in the press box while I'm trying to score the game because that's, that's my job. And if you know anything about trying to score a baseball game – you cannot take a second off. So now try and do that while you've got a coach in this year. You've got parents in this year. And so he keeps he's coming up to me wanting to put the game under protest because of this. And he goes on to win the game 12 to 1 run rule. And then after that, I didn't hear a peep out of him. And I was so close. I was so close to going up to this guy and asking him, like, so you still want to put the game under protest or like, it's just funny because it's like, if you, so many people, like if you feel it, something might cost you something, then it's an issue. But if you're the one and you win, we don't hear a peep out of you. And it's the same deal here with Pat Narduzzi. I get, and I'll leave the segment with this and we'll move on. I got a funny feeling he wouldn't have had anything to say about Notre Dame playing ACC games if Notre Dame wasn't kicking everybody's rear end. In fact, to their to Notre Dame's credit, I've been on the record all season on this show, and, you, and if you're a regular watcher, you know this, I felt Notre Dame was overrated because they hadn't played anybody yet, and yet they're ranked number four for the longest time in the top five, and it's like, who have you, like, I know you're good. Like, I know Ian Book's good. Like, I know, like, you've got a great, like nation, like all nation offensive line, but you haven't proved anything yet. So, um, and by the way, you know, getting back to kind of the pit side of this, which is actually what, where I wanted to go, Spartan Barton again, who's been incredible on in the comments today, he said this, this was supposed to be Pitt's year. It was. It was supposed to be Pitt's, like Pitt was a very solid team last year. And you know, obviously they were ranked in the top 25 and in the back, I think somewhere between 20 and 25. So the back part of the top 25 early in the season until I believe it was NC – no, it was either NC State – it was NC State, I believe, that upset them. It was so early in the season, I almost forgot. I want to say it was NC State, though. Um, and, and they just – they never recovered. And obviously they played well this weekend, but – you know, I, again, I'll just say it. You know, they beat they beat up on FSU a little bit. They got their starting quarterback back, Pickett, who threw for 210 yards, 21 of 27. They beat FSU 41 to 17, another really bad ACC team right now. Um, so yeah, like I just I have a funny feeling that if Pitt wasn't imploding, if Pitt hadn't gotten their ass kicked by Notre Dame, and if Notre Dame wasn't quite frankly kicking everybody's rear ends in their path right now, I got a funny feeling, Pat Narduzzi, that you wouldn't have said Jack. I'll leave it there. Um, so moving on, I would like to talk about Virginia Tech for a little bit. Because Virginia Tech's in trouble. They are in so... They're in trouble right now. Um... And I, I happen to know a few diehard Virginia Tech fans, so that actually kind of helps me out because I get to read their angry, pissed-off tweets. Um, I get to read their angry, pissed-off tweets every time Virginia Tech plays. I'll never forget. I actually have an experience. In fact, this leads me to my next uh, thing that I needed to do on this show. 
because I was it was requested, and so I like to put my friends on, and I like uh, to share share some love whenever I can, any way I can. And this story actually kind of uh, brought this to my mind because I had a roommate a couple years ago in college that was that is, and he's one of the pissed off FS or excuse me, not FSU, uh, Virginia Tech fans that I constantly have to read his angry tweets, uh, rightfully so. He's not happy with Coach Fuente right now by any means. Um, and the reason I brought this up is because the guy that I actually wanted to give a quick shout-out to, Michael Millian, uh, and I will make sure you know that I gave you a shout-out because I told you I would, buddy. Um, he was actually one of my other roommates in that household when – this happened, the story that I'm getting ready to get to, having to do with vir- pissed, off, vir- pissed off Virginia Tech fans. And uh, so, quick shout out, Michael Million, my guy. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen him. Diehard Florida Gator fan. And uh, wanted to give him a little love and a quick shout out because he wanted me to do that. And uh, Obviously, I enjoy spreading some love anytime I can with people I know. People I don't know. Like, it doesn't matter. Spreading positivity. I'm all about it. So, um, but now getting back to the story. So I was out of town. Actually, I'd come home, uh, to my actual parents' house for the weekend. And, uh, so I wasn't at the, at the college apartment and this was the weekend. And if you're a Virginia Tech fan, you remember this weekend, like it was yesterday, it was Virginia Tech going up against uh, Ole Miss, I think it was. I think. Don't quote me on that because I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure it was Ole Miss, a team that was absolutely inferior at the time to Virginia Tech and inferior to most teams. Uh, and the moral of the story was Ole Miss beat Virginia Tech. My roommate, who's a diehard Virginia Tech fan, was not happy. And I ended up with a nice crack in my door to my room because my room was upstairs where the living room and the TV was, and that's where they always watch the football games on the weekends. And I come home back to the college place and find a giant crack on my door due due to the fact that Virginia Tech lost to Ole Miss. So appreciate it, McKinley. That's that's, that's nice. But um, anyway giving some love to McKinley Stanberry too, because uh, he's a diehard Virginia Tech fan, and he ain't happy right now. And then I, my uncle is a diehard Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech fan. So believe me, like, I, I understand Virginia Tech's pain or your, your pain right now, uh, especially as a UNC fan, because UNC hasn't been very good in football really as up till – I'm going to say the last two years. I actually think Carolina was good last year. I think what Mac Brown was able to squeeze – out of uh, Carolina last year with what he had was pretty impressive. And then obviously I knew they were going to be good this year because his recruits were actually coming in. Uh, so obviously it was going to be a different ball game. So I actually think Carolina has been good the last two years to different levels and degrees, obviously. But before that, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, um, but yeah, Virginia Tech, they're in some, they're in some, they're in trouble right now. So they lost to Liberty which we got to give our credit here to Liberty. You know, I, I we got to give our credit to Liberty on this. They're 7-0. and oh. Now, they were ranked. I don't know what they're ranked this week, but they were ranked. Uh, in fact, I'll find out for you. It might be the same. They were ranked number 25 last week, and I don't know much about Liberty football because I – they're so, okay, so they're ranked 22 this week. So that's the updated uh, ranking for Liberty. But um, I don't know much about Liberty football because, I mean, why would I? I don't know much about Liberty sports in general because why would I? <laughs> like, I just don't. Uh, but, man, I keep talking about Boston College as the nice kind of surprise of the ACC. I would say another surprise of just college football in general is Liberty. Like, I don't know anything about them. I'm not going to BS you. Like, I don't know anything about Liberty. Don't know who their quarterback is. Don't know who their coach is. Don't know who any of their players are. All I know is now, I don't, I don't even know who they've played up to this point, but whatever they've done, 
they're undefeated at 7-0, and and they've done enough to convince the committee that, hey, we're worthy of being in the top 25, and now they're 22. So we got to give a quick shout-out. Correct. Spartan Barton, Hugh Freeze. That's that's actually his name. Uh, I actually read that in passing this weekend, and I'd already forgotten it, but I appreciate that. Hugh Freeze, that's the coach of Liberty, and I do agree that I don't know if it'll be in the ACC or the SEC, but – as we've seen time and time again, you know, we saw it, you know, with App State and their head coach. I've already forgotten what his name was last year, um, which is sad because I paid a lot of attention to their games last year. But, you know, they played incredible last year and, you know, lot, you know their coach moved on. And, and we see it all the time, you know, teams like Liberty or an App State where, the, you know, they just overachieve and dominate their conference and hang in there with top teams in the country and, you know, the coach is out of there before you know it, just like that. I mean, how can you blame them, though, to get those opportunities? Um, But, yeah, so, yeah, Eli Drinkwitz. That, Spartan Barton is like my co-host right now. I mean, he, uh, Eli Drinkwitz, that was the coach of App State last year who went on, I uh, believe he got an SEC job, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sure he's going to tell me uh, who where he went. Uh, here in just a minute, Mizzou, Missouri. That's correct. Uh, he's doing a good job there. Uh, according to Spartan Barton here, I have no idea. I've not looked at it at all, you know, focused on ACC around here, but, um, yeah. Um, so anyway, we got to give Liberty, Liberty their, their due, but, uh, Virginia Tech's in some, in some crap. Like, they lost their spot, obviously, in the top 25 after they got upset by Wake Forest a few weeks ago. And it's just not getting any better for them. Like, I was curious to see if they're able to recover. I'm still curious to see if UNC is going to recover. But and by recover, I mean kind of get going back and get back in the top 25 conversation, which has yet to be seen for Carolina. I do not see Virginia Tech getting back in the top 25. And it leads me to wonder is Fuente coaching for his job right now. And, you know, if you pay attention to the comments and listen to Virginia, which again, you know, and, and Virginia tech fans, they're about done with Fuente. I know the people I know that follow Virginia tech closely are done with him. Uh, some of the decisions he made specifically in that Liberty game that cost him the game. Um, and, and then, you know, much like NC state, uh, you know, losing, uh, losing Leary, you know, right when they were about to get hot, you know, Virginia Tech was not hot. If anything, they're trying to get that spark going again to get them hot again. Now they lose Khalil, uh, Khalil Herbert, their top-tier running back. And I'm not talking about just top-tier in the ACC. I'm talking about top-tier in the country. Um, now they lose Khalil Herbert after the opening kickoff, something with his thigh or his leg. And uh, uh, Fuente said that he doesn't have an update on him just yet. Uh, in a press conference, I believe that was today that he said that. Uh, no updates on Herbert and whether or not or when he's going to be back, which is – that's not good for Virginia Tech considering their ma- their weapon of choice this year was their incredible run game, both at the running back position and at the quarterback position in Hendon Hooker. And by the way, Hendon Hooker, you know, he was no slouch on Saturday. He played well. He had he was 20 of 27. You know, th- that loss, he played well. He played good enough, you know, considering with probably what he was working with, with no Khalil Herbert. You know, he, he was 20 of 27 in the air, 217 yards, three touchdowns. And then he also had 20 carries for 156 yards and then one rushing touchdown. I think the issue for him was – um. I think the issue with him was um, he was trying to he was trying to pick up the slack that he lost with Khalil Herbert being out, and while he played well, it wasn't enough, and so that's going to be an issue moving forward because that was against Liberty. Now I gave Liberty their props because they're a good, solid team, but now moving on in the next few weeks. Virginia Tech's going to have to deal with number nine Miami this week. So that's an issue. And then in three weeks from today, 
or not from today, as in like the game's going to be on a Monday, but th- in three weeks. So they got Miami this week. They got Pitt, I believe, the week after. And then they've got Clemson the week after that. Uh, and that'll be their second to last regular season game this season. Uh, Miami and Clemson are not Liberty. You know, with all due respect to Liberty and how good they've been this year, those are different animals. And if they don't have Khalil Herbert, and if they potentially have an issue where Coach Fuente's losing the locker room, which I have not heard anything, but I'm curious, you know, obviously the fans are fed up with Fuente and some of the decisions he's making that has just continued to put Virginia Tech into a downward spiral this season after a not bad season last year. I mean, they came in with a lot of uh, upside, but it hasn't got gone any better after they got upset by Wake Forest. You know, it's been a constant identity crisis this year for Virginia Tech, and I think their identity is the fact that they're in an identity crisis. Is You know, that that's what I would label that. Uh, but if you've got all those issues – and I know this just from you know playing college baseball, so I kind of know how important the temperature in the locker room is. If you've got all these issues, you've got these tough opponents coming up, and Miami ranked number nine currently, and Clemson ranked number four currently, and you've also potentially lost the locker room, that is the recipe for just... And coaches getting fired. And to this point, Spartan Barton asks, are there any ACC teams that would fire a coach during COVID? Um, listen, if somebody's bad enough, you can get you can get fired anytime. And, uh, you know, it, it sucks that it could potentially be during COVID. Um, but I, if it, if, listen, if the situation's bad enough, I don't think uh, I don't think COVID could could stop that from happening. So if the situation's bad enough, COVID or not, somebody's getting fired, and that's just that's the unfortunate reality of just the the nature of the business. I would assume um, we're quickly running out of time, so I'll uh, move on. But I say all that to say this: Virginia Tech's in a load of trouble. And it is not going to be getting any easier from here. So, uh, let's move on to Carolina just for a minute. You know, there's not a lot, you know, much like Clemson up till, and I know I haven't talked a ton about the Clemson Notre Dame game. And, and it's like I told you at the start of the show, there's just so much to talk about today, uh, that we might have to wait and talk about that game on Friday, which obviously I'm more than happy to do. Um, I'll, but I, I, I wanted to get to this. You know, because Carolina versus Duke, it's not it's not really other than the fact that I'm a Carolina fan. It's not that intriguing, but you know, because Duke is at the bottom of the ACC. And in fact, I do have uh, the rankings, the new rankings for the ACC. And I'll show that actually right now while I'm thinking about it. Uh, let's see here. So these are the current conference standings. Uh, for the ACC, obviously Notre Dame's moved into the one spot. You got Clemson two, Miami three, Carolina four, Virginia Tech five, Wake six, Boston College, and NC State tied at the seven spot, both four and three. Uh, Boston College again, really just the surprise of the ACC this season. Uh, Pitt at nine, uh, UVA at ten. They're tied with Georgia Tech for that ten spot. Louisville and FSU tied for the twelve spot, and then Duke, who. Uh, I was talking about, you know, as far as Carolina playing them, because that's where this next segment's going and why that wasn't really interesting for me other than the fact that it's Carolina Duke. They're 14, so second last. And then I apologize to loyal ACC tailgate fan Peter Berg, but your Syracuse orange is in the bottom at number 15. So that's that's unfortunate, but, you know. Let's hope brighter days ahead there for Syracuse. But uh, that's your ACC standings. Um, where I was going to go real quick, as we've got maybe five, ten minutes left in the show. This has been a fun one today. I've enjoyed it. Um, so I wanted to take a quick look 
at all the teams that Carolina and specifically all the defenses that Carolina has played this year, because as I was watching and kind of keeping up with what was going on uh, in the Carolina Duke game this weekend, and you know, obviously Carolina completely smashed Duke. It wasn't even close. Um, and their offense and the running game showed out again. You know, Williams was incredible uh, in the backfield, but obviously, I think Carolina's good. Like I, like I, I know I called him overrated. In fact, that's actually that's actually an important voice crack. Uh, that that's actually an important important point to bring up. Um, you know, listen, that that's one thing that frustrates me about certain sports media is it's like, listen, you're constantly getting new data. Things are constantly evolving and changing. And when you make a take for a team and it turns out not to be the case, could you just own it? Could you just admit like, hey, you know, I was wrong on that one. I can't stand it. And I know I'm getting on topic here, but I feel like you guys agree with this because, I mean, we're all sports fans here. We all watch. We all see this stuff on the regular. It It is so frustrating. Certain sports media members, when they make a take on something, somebody, a team, whatever, and they when, – when, when it – when they are proven wrong, you know, the opposite happens. You know, they thought this team was going to be all that and they were trash or vice versa. They thought a team wasn't going to be very good at all and they win it all or they're a great team. Instead of admitting, and, and I, know I'm going, I know I'm going on a tangent here, but it's just, it's something like I, I feel this one and I'm sure you guys do as well because like I just, I have that feeling. It's like, in, Instead of just saying, like, hey, I was wrong, because you clearly were, if a team is really good and you said they weren't going to be, or a player turns out to be really good and you said they weren't going to be anything, instead of just admitting that you're wrong, you try and bend it and bend certain points to say, oh, well, you know, it, it, eh," like they try and bend it to where it comes around that they weren't completely like it's just like just own it like own it i don't know that's just a pet peeve of mine i say all that to say this and actually i actually think the audience would respect in fact i know it's true i would argue that the audience would respect you more if you're just open say look i was wrong things change you get new data uh it happens. Like, and we saw this one. And if I think you might know who I'm talking about here, but we saw this one big time in the NBA uh, with the Clippers absolutely choking, not holding their end of the bargain and meeting the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. And obviously, the Lakers winning at all. There were certain media members that to this very second still make excuses for the Clippers. It's like, Oh, well, they were looking ahead to the Lakers, and that's why they lost, so it's okay. Are you serious right now? Like, these are professional athletes. And I was always taught that when you lose, there is no excuse. There might have been reasons why you lost, whatever, but you don't blame the ref or the umpire or the officials. You don't blame the weather because the other team had to deal with it too. And you don't blame the fact that, oh, well, we were looking ahead to the championship and, you know, we were looking ahead to that team and that's why we lost here prematurely. What? Like, that that, 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 that doesn't work. Like, and yet you actually have media people that are making that argument. And it, it just sounds so ridiculous. Like, the Clippers were looking ahead to the Lakers, and that's why it's okay that they lost to the Nuggets. No, they choked, and they lost. There is no other explanation. But I say all that to say I was wrong, and I'll admit it and own it. That's kind of how I got off on that tangent, but it's just, I don't know, like... I don't know, but I was wrong 
you know, about Notre Dame. That that's had to get my thoughts together. I was wrong about Notre Dame. They are not overrated. They are very, very good. And I knew they were good. I did say that, but it's like my whole issue. And and again, that's why I own this because I beat this dead horse every week. It felt like until this game took place the other day is that I need to see Notre Dame play somebody before I actually rank them that high. I know Ian Book's good. I know their offensive line is really good. I know they're a good team, but that good when they have that schedule? And it turned out I was wrong. Like, Notre Dame is not in the slightest overrated. They are exactly where they need to be. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Pat Narduzzi. Own it. They're that good. Why is it? you're all of a sudden now saying, oh, maybe that we should, why do we keep giving them games? Like, what? Why? Oh, you wait till now to say something about it, but whatever. That. So anyway, Notre Dame is not overrated, so they proved me wrong on that point. Um, And then obviously Carolina, I hesitated. I hesitated to, uh, to say Carolina was overrated after they choked FSU, mainly because I just needed to see. I just I didn't want to rush to conclusions, and I didn't want to rush to calling them overrated when I maybe, you know, maybe that was a fluke against FSU. You know, how are they going to respond? Are they going to come back and just pick it back up and just say, ah, it was just a bad, it was a stinker, it was a bad. I was wrong on that one too. Carolina was overrated at number five. I think they're worthy at some point of getting back in the top twenty-five, and I think. My intuition says they will at some point, maybe in the bottom part of the top 25, 20 to 25 or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I, that that's all I had on that. Like, I, I think Carolina is a good team. I just, I do think they were overrated at five. Um, but I'm going to wrap it up here with just saying this. And I was thinking about this as I was following the Carolina Duke game. Um, Carolina's offense, specifically their run game, but, in general, their offense has looked really, really strong, mostly all year. But the question that I was kind of asking myself and when I you know, was trying to figure out where I wanted to go today in the show, I jotted this down in my notes and I said, Carolina's offense is good, but are they that good to be putting up those type of numbers? And I would argue, as a Carolina fan, by the way, I would argue that the answer is no. They aren't as good as as they've looked. The issue is they haven't seen a good defense all year. The best defense that they've seen all year was in week one against Syracuse, a really pretty decent secondary, actually. You know, gave Trevor Lawrence his first pick six of his college career a few weeks ago. And ironically so, that's the lowest amount of points that Carolina scored all year, six. Other than that, they've pretty much dropped at least 14 or 20 points every game, I'm pretty sure. Uh, at least that's what it looked like uh, when I looked at it before the before the show. You know, they faced Syracuse in week one. Again, just, I, in my opinion, the best defense they've played because of the secondary, the passing defense, six points only. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to go back and check on that. I may have been wrong on that. I don't know. I'll, we'll, we'll come back to that another time. But the point is, Syracuse is 100% the best defense Carolina's seen. They've also seen Charlotte in Week 2. They've seen Boston College in Week 3. Eh. They've seen Virginia Tech, not a good defense at all. They've seen FSU, not a good defense at all. They've seen NC State, not a good run defense at all. And the run game was prominent for Carolina in that one. They've seen UVA, not a good defense. And Duke. Not a good defense. The point being, Carolina's got a good offense, but it's not as good as it's looked. Maybe I'll be proven wrong on that, by the way. Maybe Carolina will go up against a Clemson or a Notre Dame. This is me assuming or hoping that they get to the ACC title game. We'll see. Knock on wood. But until... Much like I said about Notre Dame, and maybe I'll be proven wrong on this. I actually hope I am this time because I'm a Carolina fan, as you can see. Until I see Carolina go up against a Notre Dame, a Clemson, 
a team of that caliber, not Virginia Tech, because we've seen what they did. I, I want to see him either against Clemson or Notre Dame. And and it looks like, uh, in fact, here's Spartan Barton again helping me out. Carolina does play Notre Dame. Uh, they've got Wake Forest, Notre Dame, and Miami. I'm curious to see what they do against Notre Dame because that will tell me a lot. And maybe I'll be proven wrong. Maybe Carolina will go out and they'll still run the ball and pass the ball and have that explosive offense all the same against Notre Dame. And then I'll have to come on here and eat crow and say, actually, Carolina was that good. Much like I had to say about Notre Dame. I hope that's the case, actually. I will take one for the self-esteem in order to be proven wrong by Carolina. And they actually do have that explosive of an offense. So we'll see. Um, but I'm going to end it right there. Uh, I actually, I'm close to running overtime, and I've never done that before on this show. So I appreciate you guys for that. Uh, I appreciate all the viewers we had. Uh, I appreciate Spartan Barton. Big shout out. We had a nice little exchange going on in the comments, and that's what I want all the time, every show, because I said it the first show, and I'm saying it all the way through. Uh, and in anything I do, like that, I really want to build a community here. Like I want to make this fun. I want to engage, you know, not every excuse me almost thought i had a hiccup again you know not not every uh host and media person engages with the audience that they so desperately want to you know listen to them and view their stuff but they're not engaging with them and getting actually to know the face even though i can't see your face but the person behind that view or listen or like or whatever and that's just some – I, I want to go the opposite way on that right here on ACC Tailgate. But before we go, let me give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, uh, American Betting Experts. We've got a deal for you guys. Uh, they sponsor all our shows here on Landry Football uh, Twitch channel. Uh, they are one of – American Betting Experts It's one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the U.S. We've teamed up with them to provide a special gaming offer to you guys all our Landry football followers, all our podcast listeners. Hello, podcast listeners. Hope you're doing well. Uh, here's all you do. You go to our website, LandryFootball.com. Give us a subscribe while you're at it. Uh, you'll go there. You'll click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. You pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, such as Bet, MGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, and PointsBet. You then sign up instantly, and you'll receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 all the way to $1,000. It's that easy. Again, you go to LandryFootball.com and you click on the ad in the upper right side of the page and get on that special offer from our friends, American betting experts. And so, take a breath. Uh, that is it. And that, I appreciate it, Spartan Barton. Uh, I appreciate you uh, hopping in and engaging with me in the comments. This was, this was a fun show. I appreciate all you that watched. Uh, and I just... That's that was a fun show. That's that's that. Um, so thanks again to you guys. Thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. And uh, that's it until Friday at seven o'clock Eastern. We will get into. Uh, I, I know I promised a few things that I didn't get to. You know the struggle of getting on a roll and having a good time. You kind of you might promise something that you're going to get to, and then you're like ah, out of time. So we're going to get to uh, Notre Dame Clemson on Friday because I didn't get to that today. Uh, and I probably, maybe I should have, cause it was kind of the prime time thing. And you know, I apologize for that, but we will discuss that in depth on Friday because it is important. And I mean, it was may arguably the most important game of the year, especially for the ACC up to this point, maybe in college football in general. Um, so we'll discuss that on Friday. We'll discuss the, very first AP top 25 college basketball ranking that came out. And more specifically, we're going to discuss the actual ACC teams that were in there, you know, where they are, where maybe they should or shouldn't be. And the team that I'm putting it on the record, you is being slept on. I'll reveal that on Friday. Uh, and then we'll obviously get to the games this coming week, but until then, hope you guys have a great rest of your week. This is Will Dalton a.k.a. Wilbur and Gold, signing off. You can get me on any social media. Uh, I'd love to engage with you there. Uh, but this has been ACC Tailgate right here on Chris Landry Football. And uh, you have a good week. We'll see you next time. <laughs>